You're listening to the My Motivation Podcast with Ariel Friedman, where we share inspirational stories, tips, and advice for living your best life and reaching your true potential. And it all starts with a positive mindset. So come listen and get inspired. Welcome to My Motivation, your source of inspiration. I'm so happy that you're here. Now I want you all to ponder this. Frank Ocean once said, we met for a reason, either you're a blessing or a lesson. Now I love the message of this quote because it shows that you can take away something valuable from every relationship in your life. And in this episode in particular, we're just going to be focusing on the romantic ones. Now, for everyone that knows me, they know that I love reality TV, especially reality shows about love. The Bachelor is one of my favorite shows, and Bachelor Nation has some of the most loyal fans, but I'm aware there's also a good amount of people that haven't gotten into it or that think reality TV is stupid. But today, I want to show you that reality TV can bring a lot of value outside of being just a mental escape, but that it can teach you lots of important lessons about love and relationships. So today's show is going to be all about important lessons about love that reality TV has reinforced and what you can take away and and apply to ensure your love life is everything you hoped it'd be and more. Now I'm going to start off by talking about the most recent season of The Bachelor with Peter Weber. Now, as Chris Harrison always promises, there definitely wasn't a shortage of drama on this season. One of the girls that had Peter's heart and made it very far was a girl named Maddie. And I guess when they say opposites attract, they're right, because they couldn't be more different. Now, on one hand, you had Maddie, who is extremely religious and pure. She was saving herself for marriage. She doesn't drink. And then on the other hand, you have Peter, who's kind of the complete opposite. He's very physical in relationships. He parties. Um, He just doesn't share the same level of faith that Maddie did. Now, they both appear deeply in love with each other and wanted to make it work. But when you have people trying to blend two very different lifestyles, you're going to encounter challenges. And in the natural, it's going to look like it's going to be very difficult to make things work. Maddie struggled a lot during the season with how their lifestyles would mesh and ultimately ended up cutting her journey short on the show because she just couldn't see how this relationship would work in the real world and wanted Peter to find love with someone who was a better fit for him. And throughout the whole season, I felt Maddie was very level-headed and was very realistic about whether their relationship would work in the real world, but Peter, I felt, never really allowed himself to be skeptical and consistently fought very hard for the relationship, reassuring her that it would work out. So when it looks like the odds are against you, why is it that people continue to fight so hard? The logical part of your brain would try and convince you that it's not worth fighting this uphill battle, but love doesn't operate logically. When we're in love, we have blinders on and look at the world through rose-colored glasses. One of the reasons why people may fight so hard for something is because they're holding on to this connection or spark that they've had with someone. Now, who can blame them? It's not easy to have that special connection or spark with just anyone. And when we find it, we want to hold on to it and never let it go. But for a relationship and everlasting love to work, you need much more than a connection or a spark. The foundation of a healthy relationship consists of many things, and the center of love is compromise and sacrifice. But you have to ask yourself at the end of the day what you're willing to sacrifice in a relationship. 
And I believe when it comes to your morals and values, something you hold so sacred, you should stand firm in this and not change this for someone. But for compromise to work, both parties have to be willing to do this, and in Peter's and Maddie's cases, I don't think both of them were really willing to. So the first takeaway that I have gotten from this season is to really never compromise on your morals and values, those that are so sacred and important in your life and make you who you are. Now, after, like I said, Maddie had removed herself from the journey, Hannah Ann was left, and Hannah Ann was someone that Peter had always felt really strongly for the entire season. She had all the qualities that Peter was looking for in a wife. His family absolutely loved her and was very vocal about it. And on paper, she appeared to be the perfect match for him. And so he ended up proposing to her, and they tried to give it a real shot, but he just constantly felt like he couldn't give his whole heart to her, and he was feeling dissatisfied, and always had Maddie in the back of his mind. And so, ultimately, uh, he broke the engagement off with Hannah Ann, and was able to reunite with Maddie, and they tried to give it another shot. Um, and this led to one of the most, if not the most, dramatic finale seasons that I believe The Bachelor has ever had. But before I go into the finale, I want to go to my second takeaway from the season, and that it's so important to follow your heart and to, to follow through with what you feel is right for yourself. Now, because Peter's family was so vocal about their love for Hannah, he was being swayed by them in one way or another, and maybe a part of him was trying to please his family in a way, but you have to remember you can't please everyone, so you have to please yourself at the end of the day, and at the end of the day, your friends and your family aren't the one dating your partner, but you are. Everyone's so worried about pleasing other people and not disappointing them, but we become complacent with disappointing ourselves. Our happiness and our approval should be number one in our lives. And as we saw with Peter, when we live our lives or enter into relationships to make other people happy, we in turn become dissatisfied. And this dissatisfaction not only leaves us feeling down and unfulfilled, but it can even cause us to resent the person we're with or those that pushed us into the relationship to begin with. And after all of this confusion on Peter's part with being really conflicted on, on whether he wanted to be with Maddie or Hannah Ann, Hannah Ann at the end of the day was left extremely heartbroken showing that when you don't follow your heart and pursue choices that seem organic to you, other people can get hurt in the process. So my second takeaway is follow your heart and, and make you number one. Now, like I said, this finale episode was one for the books. Maddie and Peter ended up reuniting and were vocal about wanting to make the relationship work and give it a second shot, but Peter's family, especially his mom, Barb, couldn't be more against this relationship. They were extremely unsupportive of it, and they basically said the only way they were going to be supportive of it is if the relationship didn't work. And so this puts you know, a lot of pressure on a relationship. You want your family's approval and you want them to be standing by you. Um, and ultimately, you know, a couple days after the finale aired, 
they ended up breaking it off. And if you haven't seen that finale episode, I really encourage you to go check it out and watch it because it made for great TV. We have never seen a family so invested in um, in their, their child's relationship on The Bachelor, and it got very heated and some choice words were said, and it made for great TV. So if you haven't seen it, um, definitely check it out. I'm sure you had to have uh, seen memes about Barb, at least, from the finale. But this leads me to my final takeaway from the season, and that's um, limiting outside influences and allowing yourself to find things out on your own. And if it turns out that the choices that you made um, end up being mistakes, you know, learn from those mistakes. And mistakes are never mistakes unless you learn from them and they become lessons for you. And if you live out your life to please other people, you're also going to always be living in that what if. What if I would have done this or what would my life have been like if I would have decided to pursue a relationship with this person? And living with the what if and the regret is sometimes, you know, the most painful things that you can live with. And so it's so important to allow yourself the ability to find things out on your own and not letting other people, you know, be the crystal ball for you and tell you how your future is going to work out and, and tell you the decisions you should make. And so how do we ensure that the relationships we're in or that the relationships we're searching for are going to be successful and going to be fulfilling? Now, the priorities of what we look for in a relationship and, and what we want to make for a fulfilling relationship really changes over time. You know, when you're younger and when you're a kid and when you're a teenager, you're looking for very different things in someone compared to when you're in your upper years. You know, this isn't true of everyone, but I feel like when we're younger, a lot of us are really driven by superficial motivations. How that person looks, what their job is, what their social status is, how much money they have, how our friends or family would perceive them. And this really changes as we get older and our priorities change and what our definition of a fulfilling relationship looks like. And it evolves over time. And to be fulfilling, it you know, in my opinion, has to be driven by more than just these superficial motivations. Because at the end of the day, you know, when we're older, these superficial things that we're drawn to, such as looks, will fade over time. And as cliche as this sounds, you know, you want to be sitting next to your best friend at the end of the day. And so many people, you know, are just looking for their best friend to spend their life with. Now, I love romantic comedies, and one movie I can watch again and again that plays on this concept is Shallow Hell. And this movie has an amazing cast. Jack Black is in it, along with Gwyneth Paltrow, Jason Alexander, and Tony Robbins, who, if you aren't familiar with him, he's a really successful motivational coach. And basically what it's about is that this guy named Hal, who's played by Jack Black, is extremely shallow in dating and only wants to date attractive women who were never really into him. And his best friend, who's played by Jason Alexander, holds the same mindset. And one day, Hal becomes cursed, where he only sees people for their inner beauty. So if someone has a beautiful soul and is a wonderful person, they appear really attractive to him. And if someone is just an awful person, they look really, really ugly to him. So he ends up dating this one girl, played by Gwyneth Paltrow, who has this heart of gold and looks like a supermodel to him, but to everyone else they don't see that same exterior, so they don't get why Hal is so into her. 
Now, I won't ruin the ending for those that haven't seen it, but the ending has a really great message and sheds light on what's really important in relationships and what makes for fulfilling ones and how beauty is in the eye of the beholder. And even though this is a fictional story, the curse that Hal was under parallels in a way what we experience in everyday life. I mean, how often do you find yourselves in a situation where you meet someone who is really attractive and then you get to know them and you see that they're really not a great person and so they start to appear really unattractive to you? And the opposite holds true as well. I mean, you could meet a great person who is not your usual physical type, but then as you get to know them better, as you spend more time with them, you see you know, what heart of gold they have, um, how great their soul is, and they start to become more and more attractive to you. Now this whole debate of do looks really matter has always been experimented with in the media through various reality dating shows from Dating in the Dark to the most recent hit show Love is Blind. And for those who aren't familiar with Love is Blind, I really strongly encourage you to check it out. It was a great show. I really loved it. Um, it recently aired on Netflix. And it's a new type of dating show where people initially date in pods. So they're each in separate rooms from each other. There's a wall dividing them, and they can't see the person at all. They can just hear their voice, and they're solely focused on creating this emotional soul connection with this other person. And so, you know, they spend time dating different people and then eventually they hone in on one person and decide, you know, whether or not they want to get engaged to this person. And so if they find that person that they built this strong connection with, they propose um, in the pods before they ever get to see each other. And then once they propose, they, they see each other face to face and they, they try to make their connection work outside of this whole pod environment and then at the end of the season they have this wedding um, ceremony and they meet at the altar and the couples ultimately decide if they want to say I do and continue on with the relationship or say I don't and, and walk away from it altogether. And so it's a really great experiment because we see if their connection that they built in the pods is, is strong enough to outstand um, societal, family pressures, and, and other pressures that come with dating in the real world. And so this show really begs to answer the question of whether love is truly blind. Now, I want to talk a little bit about Mark's and Jessica's relationship in particular. I think at the time Jessica was around 34 and Mark was around 24. Um, and so... At the time, they knew there was a bit of an age gap between them, but they had built a really strong connection in the pods and had a lot in common. So at the time, this age gap wasn't an issue. Jessica had also formed a really strong connection with Barnett, whom she had imagined was more of her usual type. But Barnett had decided to pursue things with another woman. And so Jessica and Mark had agreed to take that next step and Mark proposed to Jessica. When they met face-to-face, -face, Jessica had made it known that Mark wasn't her usual type and that he was shorter than men she'd normally date, and as they brought their relationship to the real world, we saw what was once a really strong connection become clouded. Although Mark was 100% in it and was crazy about Jessica, Jessica had a lot of internal conflicts. 
Even though their age was never a big factor before, Jessica started to worry about robbing Mark of his youthful years and thought they were just in two very different places in life, although Mark kept reassuring her he was ready to settle down. She also struggled with her physical attraction to Mark and had a hard time meshing the person she met in the pods to the physical one that was standing before her. She also was working through these unresolved feelings with Barnett, who in person was really more of her physical type. I'm not going to ruin what happened in the show because it's a really, really great season and you should go and watch it if you haven't already, but it just shows the effect that such things as looks, societal pressures, what family and friends think have on connections we form with romantic interests. And we, we were in the unique situation they were in in the beginning where we can just be in pods and solely focus on building connections and not have these outside forces play into it. Things would be so much simpler. But it just shows the many ways we can allow external pressures to jeopardize what was once a really good thing. Now, one thing we can learn from Jessica's and Mark's relationship, and that holds true in everyday life, is that sometimes you have to throw away what you think of as your usual type. Sometimes the universe will bring you your dream partner with all of the core qualities you're looking for, but they may outwardly appear completely different than who you imagined yourself being with. As they say, you can't judge a book by its cover. And if you're more open-minded in this regard and allow your heart to be open, we may find ourselves being a lot more successful in love. And I'm not saying to settle, just that one should be more open-minded because you may find that what you thought you wanted isn't really what's right for you. If you look back on your dating life and you keep dating the same type of people but it's consistently not working out, maybe something needs to change there. And I'm not saying that looks don't matter at all. You absolutely have to be attracted to the person you're with for it to extend beyond a friendship. But if it's not there initially, give it some time and see if that romantic relationship grows. And for that relationship to truly work, you need that balance and mix of having both a strong emotional and physical connection. Now, love is something everyone is searching to find, and you can't let the pressures of society sabotage a good relationship or make you feel like you're behind. Everyone is running their own race and is in their own time zone. It's okay if you're over the age of 30 and haven't gotten married yet. It's okay if you haven't yet met the one. And it's okay if your dream is to start a family but you haven't been able to have kids yet. It's going to happen. And just because it hasn't happened yet on your own timeline doesn't mean it's never going to. The norm of getting married in your late 20s or early 30s is the norm society has set, and just because your life isn't in line with that timeline doesn't mean there's anything wrong with that. And that societal timeline, by the way, keeps getting pushed out more and more, because as you know, many years ago, people were getting married a lot younger. Trust the timing of your life and know that things will happen when they're supposed to. Love is worth fighting for, so don't ever give up on it. And now to circle back to The Bachelor, Claire Crowley is supposed to be our next Bachelorette, and I believe she's around 38, and I'm so excited to watch and be a part of her journey, and I think we need to show more of this in the media and break that societal norm and showcase that you can find love and get married and have your happy ending at any age. Whether this episode has changed your views on reality TV if you weren't a fan before or strengthened your love for it if you already were, I hope you can walk away with some important lessons you can apply to your love life. You're so deserving of great love and don't settle for anything less. And if you're someone who's still searching for it, 
know that that person you're meant to be with is also searching for you and they'll come into your life at the right moment. Trust the timing of your life. You're so loved and I appreciate you so much. Thanks for joining me and I'll talk to you really soon. I hope you found motivation in this message and if you did, please share it with someone who needs to hear it and subscribe. Hope you keep this find top of mind and always stay inspired. Love you guys and thank you so much for listening. Thank you.